Last year we averaged 185 gigs. Yeah, Every so we, yeah, <laughs> we. Our summer times are busy schedule, so we mm -hmm. average anywhere from five to seven gigs a week. So who who manages the business side? Because you guys do a lot of gigs. We do. And so that means yeah. you guys are you guys the registered LLC? We are not. Oh, why not? Yeah. <laughs> well, just between you and me. But it is, it is a kind of full-time job at times. I can imagine. <laughs> Besides yeah. the performing part of it, you know. So I, I always think for every hour I'm on stage, there's probably a couple hours off stage managing things. You guys are so much fun. Thank you so much. Please check us out, wirewoodstation.com. So we got an Amazon bestseller on the show right Let's now. Go. <laughs> I love it. In my book, I kind of walk a band through the basics of just getting going, like mm -hmm. how to find musicians, where to find musicians, how to network, formulating a stage plot, the equipment you want to get, maybe hiring a sound engineer to dial in your sound if you're not familiar with it. Of course, the marketing aspect of when you are booked at a venue, you need to make sure that you're promoting them as much as you're promoting yourself. Make sure you have a, a niche. I always wear cowboy boots, you know, mm -hmm. market yourself because you are your product. Yeah. Ego is not your amigo. You have to have a little bit of an ego to be able to stand up in front of a crowd. Sure. But I think there's a difference between confidence and cockiness. Uh, so my, my granddad had a ranch in Montana. So we would go up, you know, summers and help him on the ranch. And it was hard work for sure. But he, he didn't speak very often, but when he did, you'd want to listen. Kind of one of those mm -hmm. guys. And, and I remember he would say, Michelle, you got to remember, you got to dig before you're thirsty. You can't, when you're thirsty, dig the well. You got to dig the well before you're thirsty where some people maybe um, have a hard time as they start digging the well but they don't get that deep mm -hmm. and it's that persistence and grit to dig down to the water to get the you know what, what you want welcome to the colorado springs business podcast where we discuss business principles and provide real life insight into the lives of everyday business owners and entrepreneurs if you're watching on youtube make sure to subscribe or leave a review wherever you might be listening our sponsor planet duct is an awesome air duct cleaning company here in Colorado Springs and across Southern Colorado. Planet Duct is a premier air duct cleaning company to help you with all your air duct cleaning needs. They are top of the line professional with some of the best air duct cleaning trucks that you can find. Brandon Kirk, who has also been on the show and been a longtime sponsor of this show, really knows what he's doing and he manages a tight ship. He makes sure to get the job done and get it done correct. So check out planetduct.com if you have any air duct cleaning needs. Our next sponsor is Recon Marketing. They will help you with all your marketing needs, whether that's SEO, content creation, social media management, web design, and everything in between. Welcome back to the COS Business Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest today. We have Michelle Edwards with Wirewood Station and a recent author as well. Michelle, thank you so much and welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a privilege to be here. So. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Well, we have a lot of history together in a lot of ways, right? I do a tiny house festival and you've done every single year of yeah. my tiny house festival, every people's year? tiny house festival. I did not Since know 2018, <laughs> she's been with us and my goodness, our crowd loves her. She's, we just, we've always loved her whole band and oh. what they bring to the the energy of the festival. It's, yeah. it's, it's so awesome. And 
I, I just wanted to give you some flowers about that because oh. I just think that like we really enjoy you. Colorado Springs obviously enjoys you as well. Oh. But tell us a little bit about your story for folks who they might know Wirewood, but they might not know the story of Michelle Edwards. Tell us oh. a little bit of how you got started with all this because it's a really cool story. Well, thank you. Well, so um, actually I started playing violin when I was six and um, started with the Suzuki method. And the funny story behind that is um, my mom was watching Donahue, which you probably don't know who Donahue is, but we'll cut to a clip. And here is Hervé Villachez tattoo. Oprah, <laughs> or Oprah of, of a long time ago. And um, so he had some Suzuki kids on there and they were just these little um, Japanese kids playing violin. And my mom, she was like, Michelle, do you want to do that? And I'm like, yes, I totally do. Not that I wanted to play violin. I just thought if I played violin, I could get on Donahue. So that's how I started was <laughs> I wanted to be on Donahue show. <laughs> but um, So I started when I was six and then um, went to college, got a violin performance degree in class classical violin and then I did some symphonies for a while but I'm more of an um not a, I'm not an introvert more of an extrovert yeah. and so I w started gigging in bands and I was like oh this is way more fun so then um went after that went to Branson and then um got into the theaters there and toured with uh, Wayne Newton which you might not know who that is either. Decades ago, Wayne Newton was one of the most popular performers on the Las Vegas scene. According to legend, Wayne Newton began singing professionally when he was only six. As an adult, he found massive success as an artist starting in the 1960s. Though Wayne is best known as a singer, he's also a multi-instrumentalist. In addition to the guitar, the crooner can play both the piano and the banjo. Some of the many hits that's helped put Wayne on the map include Daddy Don't You Walk So Fast and Red Roses for a Blue Lady. Oh, we know Wayne Newton, yeah. <laughs> Don Cushane, Don Cushane is a... <laughs> so anyway, um, so did that for a little bit and then moved on to Nashville and um, played Nashville for a while with different various groups and studios and um, had the opportunity to play at Red Rocks and Carnegie Hall and Lincoln Center. And so this little piece of wood provided a lot of fun opportunities. One? The same one, nice. yes. I've had it since eighth grade. So. Wow. Oh yeah. I've had my it. ukulele since, I think, ninth grade. Oh. Melody's pure and true. Every little thing is going to be all right. You gon' think about me when I'm gone I'm gonna get the money like the ring I never won yeah. <laughs> no, it just becomes a part of you. Yes, you know, it does. I'm holding it. No, I don't. <laughs> you want to tell us the history of that that violin? Sure, sure. So this was um, it was made in Germany by a gentleman by the name of Roth in 1928. So almost 100 years old. And um, so uh, actually, we actually wrote a song about this uh, with with our band. But um, he and his family had this amazing violin shop, and then in um, it was before World War II, and he and his whole family were sent to the concentration camps so such a sad story um but i guess the silver lining and all that is that his music still lives on in this little piece of wood and so we we wrote a song honoring mr roth just for putting his legacy behind the music that we play every night so wow, um, that's so awesome. it's pretty cool and um that um i've had this for a long time since i was in eighth grade which we won't tell how many years that is but um <laughs> but anyway but the beautiful part of the 
this instrument is um, the tiger wood back here. Um, I don't know if you can see the rings in it, but um, I, I'm, I'm actually working on another book, um, just lessons learned from this old piece of wood. So the wood that they grow, if it's above 7,000 in elevation, the rings grow tighter. And so it's harder to grow the wood, but the wood is better. So the hard work pays off. And um, so really this piece of wood is almost, you know, 250 years old, but the violin was made in 28. So it's, um, it's amazing how, how, what goes into the craftsmanship of, of a violin. So yeah, it's pretty cool. cool. Yeah. So yeah. So it has some dings and digs in it, but they all have little memories. Um, I had an appraise recently, and the appraiser was like, Michelle, um, this would be a worth a lot more if it wasn't so beat up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? That's like how life is. You know, mm-hmm. everybody has a story. We all have dings and little scratches and scrapes, but that makes us who we are. So it can make the music sound sweeter. So And hey, as you guys grow as a band, it'll be worth a lot more, too, than what well, it could have been. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I like the way you think. Good <laughs> Michelle Edwards yeah. played that. Like Willie like Nelson's guitar. He said that forever. He has a name, too. I can't remember. Do you, do you know the name of it? I can't remember, yeah. but I know. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's got a name for it and everything. I, I wish I remembered it. I'm going to cut to a clip on that one. Yeah. Well, the only thing I could say about your trigger is that uh, it was a good day when I got him. I think that this particular guitar has the best sound of any guitar I've ever played. Just, just... Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I named mine Mickey, Mickey, okay. Mickey. And the reason why is, um, actually, I wrote a song about that, too. But Mickey gave me my fiddle hickey. So when I was in college, <laughs> um, every, every, like, instrumentalist, they had, like, little marks on their on their like embouchures for trumpet players. And so us violinists, we always had fiddle hickeys. Mm -hmm. So unless you were in the music school, you thought, Ooh, she got around a little bit too much. So (laughs) the story behind that is I I was, I had a crush on this boy in college and he was kind of like the, stud of the campus and so we went out for pizza one night and then he never called me back and I was like I thought the date went great and then come to find out my roommate did a little investigation and he was like I really don't want to date a girl who already has a hickey on her neck so 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 my little Mickey gave me my fiddle hickey is you know I gotta throw (laughs) that out there so It was being a, a, a possessive boyfriend. It was. It was. It was not <laughs> wanting me to spend time with anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it's oh kind of funny. Oh, my gosh. But <laughs> well, let's put, peel some of these layers back. You said Wayne Newton, and I think that I read about you. You were the youngest member of that touring group. Is that true yeah, as well? Yeah. It was amazing. He he was an amazing entertainer, and I, I learned a lot from him um, just about the entertainment value of putting on a performance. Um, and... I played with like Andy Williams and Tony Orlando and they were great too, but their shows were kind of canned, you know, it was the same. Whereas um, Wayne, he would really play off the audience, like visit with the audience, they'd request a song. So he was so interactive and it made it the evening come so much more alive for the audience, which is so cool. Um, so yeah, so um, most of his players, when I joined, they had been with him for like 25, one, one guy had been with him for 35 years. So um, I was definitely the newbie on, on board, but it was a great time. So yeah, we, we had a great time. So gosh, and yeah. so young and, and experiencing something like that. I'm sure there's key moments from that too, beyond, of course, learning from Wayne, like, have you experienced something on the other side of that some young musician coming into, you know, 
Wirewood Station and performing with you guys or anything like that? How does it feel like a little bit more full circle of like yeah. seeing some of these youngsters get into music as well? I know. It's so it's so fun to just remember where I was at and where they're going. And I think that's the beauty about music too is when you go to like a football game, there's going to be a team that loses and somebody's mm-hmm. in the crowd's not going to feel so great, you know. But that's the beauty with music is you you're you, you're just providing um, an escape for the audience. And there's always plenty of places and plenty of bands out there to find your your band that makes you feel good. And um, so it's been fun to encourage other students as well as other musicians to find your niche and go for it and have fun with it because there's that. that's why we're all so different. Like if we all loved Willie Nelson, there wouldn't be the U2s or the, you know, Metallicas of the mm. world. And that's the beauty of of music is that everybody, there, there's something for everybody. So um, anyway. And yeah, there's some weird stuff out there too. There, there is some <laughs> unusual stuff. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to throw shade at anyone, but people have, I think there's people that actually like Yoko Ono's music. Yeah, I, I, yeah I've heard that too. Which yeah. Is, like, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'll cut to a clip. Right. <laughs> It's, it's pretty wild. Yes, yes. Very eccentric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think for, for us with Wirewood Station, we try to um, play a little bit of something for everybody. Yeah. So, and our band is so eclectic. We have James, our bass player, who has a metal background. And then, of course, me on the other end has a classical background. Yeah. So, and then everything in between. So, um, we, we do a little bit of Metallica as well as we do some Johnny Cash and, and Chris Stapleton. So uh, we always say we're kind of like the Colorado weather. Just wait a little bit and we'll change the, the genre for you. Yeah. <laughs> Something for everybody. <laughs> but we always kind of do it with a little Rocky Mountain twist to it just because of our instrumentation. Yeah. But I think, I think that's fun too is making things your own um we try to not regurgitate just covers we try to make them our own that's so, yeah. so we can still the audience has something to hang their hat on mm-hmm. or, you know or their ear on um but then it's something that's creatively more fulfilling for us as well so which is fun so mm-hmm. yeah so i love it so let's talk about wirewood station the meaning behind wirewood station what does that mean to you guys and why did you come up with that name yeah so we 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 really started out more acoustic-y than we are now a little bit but um we just love the sounds from just the wire of our strings and the wood of our instruments so that's where wirewood came from and then um at the time we were kind of going a little more bluegrass so station was actually kind of the thing to put after a name (laughs) but it ends up we actually play an awful lot of train songs which i don't know how that worked out but um now now that's what we say we're wire from our strings wood from our instruments and we play an awful lot of train songs so like songs (laughs) like that talk about trains or i know okay it's amazing how many train songs are (laughs) out there like don't stop believing there's a train part in that like you know (laughs) so anyway we have fun with it and sam our guitar player he has a train whistle so whenever there's a train reference he blows his whistle to nice. indicate it's a train song. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a lot of fun. But yeah, so we've been around. I started the band about 10 years ago. And um, this formation that we have now has been with me for about four years. So, um, but it's it's great. This formation is, is, is awesome. And we're all very much on the same page. It was when we started off, we were just going to do, oh, gig here or there, you know, and then um, kind of found out that there was a need for 
kind of Rocky Mountain acoustic music out there. And so we started getting busier and busier. So the original folks, um, they they all had day jobs. And they were like, I don't know if we can keep up with this schedule. So um, so that's we kind of had to change out folks to... um, Bring people on that could people manage saw the, the vision schedule and wanted to, right. to, to invest their invest in it. <laughs> right, right, yeah, nice. yeah. So anyway, so that's so we have James Dykes on bass and Sam Walkler on guitar, and then Adam Gardino on the other guitar. So. Yes. And then we have Mark Worthington. He's our drummer, and he's actually been playing with us quite a bit more. And uh, he's been with me. I've known him for 12 years. So he was actually the original drummer for Wirewood Station. So he's been with me a long time. So, Do you guys not usually have a drummer? It kind of depends on what the venue calls for. Okay. Um, if it's a smaller venue, usually not. Mm-hmm. If it's a larger venue, like um, last week we played at Limbaugh Park, and there were there were so many people there. It was so awesome. But we had our drummer, Mark Worthington, and then we also had our keyboard player, Brian Petak, just for that fuller sound to, you know, outdoors you got to have a fuller sound to cover mm-hmm. the space. So, yeah. Yeah, so. I hear you guys everywhere. Like, oh. I see you guys in multiple spots. I oh. was I was filming a wedding the other other. The other week, oh, la- yeah. last month, yeah, and in the background there was like a someone at a park playing, and they're like, "We have someone from Wirewood Station. One of your oh. band members were there. I can't remember exactly who. Oh, but, <laughs> but it's just oh. even it wasn't all, it wasn't all of you guys. Yeah. It was just yeah. they." They called him out like he was from from you guys. Oh, so was that's cool. awesome! And I was like, yeah, oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We have fun, that's for <laughs> sure. So, um, yeah, it's it's um, it's a journey, and um, we we average well. I think last last year we averaged 185 gigs. So I think this that's year like we're every on, other week. Yeah. Every so other day. We, yeah, <laughs> we yeah every other day I'm in. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So our summer times are busy schedule. So we mm-hmm. average anywhere from five to seven gigs a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our winter that that's from like our winter season we say is from like October through April, and we average anywhere from two to four or five. So um, we do a lot of corporate gigs, mm-hmm. um, which is is great because they pay a little better. Um, For sure. Yeah. So um, and sometimes we're wallpaper. On the, we call them wallpaper gigs. We kind of blend into the wallpaper. But um, last week we did one for the FBI at the Denver Convention Center, what? which was unusual and cool and a little intimidating. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet they're analyzing my body language right now. You know, <laughs> so, They probably researched you before you even got I'm there. Sure yeah. they were they did. dancing yeah. at all or were yeah. they just, just ch- looking at you and analyzing the situation. Oh, I, know, I know. I was like a little. I was like, okay, just play music. Play music. <laughs> it was funny. I, I wear little shakers on my on my boots um, for percussion, and I forgot to take them off. And so I went around the corner, and there's like a welcome table. So I was like, and all and all like all these intimidating guys were like, what was that? You know, don't try, don't try. Yeah. So anyway, but it's so fun, and this little piece of wood has opened up so many opportunities that I never would have had. Um, so I'm so grateful. I'm grateful my mama put me in violin lessons. So um, yeah. so encourage your kids to play music. <laughs> nice. So you already know to talk to the direct camera. I used to have to tell people that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 great. And and there were times in my life where, um, especially in junior high, I would I would like – take my case in and I wouldn't want anybody to know because it's like you know nerdy violin moment um, yeah and uh so anyway but we got through those times so <laughs> yeah, that's anyway, good. yeah. <laughs> but I was always I, I was kind of into sports too at the time and so I remember in high school my violin teacher was like Michelle you know 
what do you want to pursue? Do you want to pursue basketball or violin? And and I was like, oh, basketball is really fun right now, you know. But um, taking a step back, I was like, you know, I can play my violin forever. Mm-hmm. I probably can't play basketball forever. And I was, wasn't that great a basketball player. So I thought, well, maybe I could get a scholarship with violin. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that worked out. So, but um, yeah, so that's the beauty of, of music. You can start it at any age and you can play for as long as you want. And, and you'll never, you'll never play all the music out there. It's kind of like reading books, you know, you'll always have an opportunity to learn more, more songs and, or write more music. So yeah. Yeah. So, so, so who who manages the business side? Because you guys do a lot of gigs. We do. And so that means yeah. you guys are you guys the registered LLC? We are not. Oh, why not? Yeah. <laughs> well, just between you and me for taxes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm the manager, so I okay. handle the contracts and um, making the contacts and booking the gigs and the website and. It's all you, huh? Instagram, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. It's okay, a, it's a one-man band on that side of things, but. <laughs> so how does that work if you're not in LLC? Like, does you guys just split the? If you don't mind getting into that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we just we just split everything four ways. Okay. Um, and um, kind of like contractors, or I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So just just pay them a ten ninety nine, and I get ten ninety nines, and so we just split everything four ways. It works out pretty good. So nice. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. so I I think it would be smart in lots of ways though, besides taxes, to have an LLC because. If you guys, it just protects you guys. Like if something happens, <laughs> I know you are right. I do have um, some canopy insurance over mm. the band, so okay, that's so good. I kind of nice. have that covered. Oh wow, but, that's interesting. Yeah, How yeah. would like someone who's starting a band like is, is that what you would recommend for them to do? Well, probably so. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Definitely get some canopy insurance. They have canopy insurance for bands and events, um, and I just did it online um but yeah i pay a monthly fee for that mm-hmm. and um just just in case it's you know you never know in today's world <laughs> yeah. So, yeah yeah so do so. you ma- do you manage that through like the 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 accounting and finances through like quickbooks yeah mm-hmm. okay yeah so i do quickbooks and then it's real simple at the end of the year just nice they do the 1099s and yeah, yeah. but it is it is a f- kind of full-time job at times <laughs> i could imagine besides yeah. the performing part of it you know so i, I always think for every hour i'm on stage there's probably a couple hours mm-hmm. off stage managing things mm-hmm. so it's um yeah it's it's hard work but it's worth it you know mm, so sure. especially when you love what you do it doesn't feel like work at times there's times it does but <laughs> yeah for and, overall. and for your other job what what is that you do does this help with that job well, so my day job is um, I'm a loan officer for mm-hmm. a mortgage company, um, and it's a little slow right now because of the rates. So, yeah. um, but it kind of works out good for Wirewood Station. So I can mm-hmm. have I can ramp up like during COVID, interest rates were so low and there were no gigs. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'll just ramp up mortgages, and now you know. So it it's kind of a good plan A and plan B for for me. So and it offers flexibility since it's a commission only gig, yeah. you know. So um, so that's good. So yeah. Yeah, and I would say yeah. mortgage uh, loan officers are a lot like business owners too. They are. Because yeah. you got you gotta manage everything, you gotta find all the leads, you gotta be the salesperson. And I was just 
because I, I knew you were alone officer. I just wanted to yeah. have you say it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I, was, I could imagine, like, because you're doing networking. I see, see you doing networking stuff. But usually yeah. you're playing music at the networking, too. So <laughs> I know. It's, it's always, uh, I always, my tagline when I'm in the mortgage world, I, I'll say, I'll serenade you through the mortgage experience. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but I back to networking, I think, um, you know, I have a little book out. Um, it's called... Um, how to break into the local music scene and make money. And um, I think a lot of my business experience in the corporate world has helped develop for a business for, for music. And I think where some bands might uh, have a weakness is sometimes they're, they're so creative, they want to get their music out there, but then the other the business side of the music um, kind of lacks a little bit. Mm-hmm. So back to networking, I think networking is key for any business if you want to get your name out there. And um, it's just really building relationships. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a giver's game. You know, if, if you're giving to your community, your community gives back to you, which is... The beauty of, I think, Colorado Springs, too. Yeah. Um, I know sometimes some other cities are more transactional, mm-hmm. but I think that's the beauty of Colorado Springs is it's very relational. And and I think that's why we're such a cool city to live in is is that relationship building is really awesome. So um, so if, if with any business, I would suggest that bands, mortgage, whatever, you know, is networking and getting out there and getting to know other people's businesses so you can support yeah. them and in turn they'll they'll support you. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm working so with a, a, a new country band that's starting up. They haven't even had their first gig yet. Oh, but yeah. one of them said they played with you guys or one of one of you guys before. Oh, uh, he's played with a few other people. He said cheap, cheap trick. He's played with them, too. So, oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> so, oh, so yeah, I'm working with them. So I'm like, nice. well, I'm thinking when I'm interviewing you right now, it's like, what could I ask you that? could help them out. Do you have anything, any advice for for them specifically? Well, so in my book, um, I kind of walk a band through like how to, like the basics of just getting going, like Mm -hmm. how to find musicians, where to find musicians, how to network, um, the basics of like formulating a stage plot, how to, the equipment you want to get to, you know, you really need to invest in good equipment. As you know, you need to have quality equipment to produce a quality product and maybe hiring a sound engineer to dial in your sound if you're not familiar with it. Mm-hmm. So those kind of things. And then of course the marketing aspect of when you're, when you, when you are booked at a venue, you need to make sure that you're promoting them as much as you're promoting yourself. Really you need to promote them more because they're giving you the opportunity to share your services with their clients. And yeah. if, if you don't sound good, it's bad for their business. So you need to make sure that you're polished. Um, some, some little tips that I've noticed over the years is, um, you know, be prepared. Make sure you have three solid hours worth of music to perform. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to repeat music throughout the night. Um, I would also say have everything memorized. I think a sign of an amateur is when you see somebody up there with an iPad and they're scrolling through their, yeah, yeah. their song list or they're reading off the iPad. Then it feels like it's a karaoke you know, it doesn't feel professional. So you would never see a, a stadium player, you know, scrolling through their iPad, you know. So be professional no matter what size the venue. Um, some of some of the venues we played at that are small, we've made the best contacts for for bigger venues. So mm-hmm. so so always treat each venue as as a you know, polished performance. It's easy for the smaller venues to maybe horse around a little bit or, you know, which is fine too, but um, just, you know. And then some some other things are, you know, 
you are a business. Um, and, and in the music world, it's always a little trickier because a lot of times you're playing in pubs or bars and people are offering you drinks and um, musicians can kind of get carried away with those things. And my motto is everything in moderation. Um, but, you know, I've seen bands not work out because they can't handle realizing that this is my job, this is a business, and it's not time to get drunk on, mm, on the job. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't do that if you were an engineer. You wouldn't go to your cubicle and drink eight beers and be drunk, right? Yeah. So um, I think that's something to be aware of as musicians, you know. And that's what I would tell younger folks. <clears throat> um, and then also just marketing yourself. Like, like make sure you have a, a niche or a... Um, like I always wear cowboy boots, you know, mm-hmm. market yourself because you are your product. Yeah. And so that's branding though. That's branding, right? I mean, marketing branding. go hand in hand. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> so, so make sure that you, you have that. And then also I would say um, ego is not your amigo, um, <laughs> nice. which is so easy. I think in any, any, any form where you're in the public eye, you yeah. know, it's easy to, I think, staying humble and helping people along the way that that goes way farther than an ego. And I think in music, music, music or band, it's mm-hmm. you have to have a little bit of an ego to be able to stand up in front of a crowd. Sure. But I think there's a difference between confidence and cockiness. Mm-hmm. And yeah, sometimes yeah. there's a fine line there. But always I would always err on the side of humility. Um, because it just goes a long way. And I think the audience can see that, you know, if if they see somebody who's just there for themselves and not there to really serve the people that they're performing for. Mm -hmm. Like, I know for us, we always play Devil Went Down to Georgia because you expect that with a fiddle. Um, (laughs) And there's times, you know, in the band, we're like, oh, we got to play Devil Went Down to Georgia again, you know? (laughs) But we know that that's what the audience wants. So you have to think you are offering a service to them and it's not about you. So I think with that perspective, it keeps everybody where they should be. Yeah, (laughs) I believe... one of one of the biggest artists in the world currently. I I think that's the reason why he is the biggest. Like why? Because people are attracted to that. Like Post Malone, for example. Right, right. Like, people see that he's like just so like humble and like not. Yeah. But he's also very talented in lots of ways too. Like, right. So right. I think I think that's one reason. It was more than just the music. It was the person behind the music. You I know? totally agree. <laughs> I think yeah, that's huge. yeah. I know. I've seen some of his um, posts where he'll like interact with fans. And, yeah, yeah. And that's so cool. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and I think you know we we all put our pants on the same way, and so um, just we're we're all just humans trying to be the best we can at the craft that we've been given and how we've been designed and. Um, yeah, nobody's better than anybody else. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> just keeping that mindset, I think, is really, really important. So, yeah, yeah. You seem so authentic. And I think that's what we're kind of going into here. Like, oh. that's why you are so likable. That's why Post Malone's so likable is the oh. authenticity behind them as well. Where did you get that? Were you raised, you know, to have that kind of humbleness to what you do and, you know, giving back to the community and oh. lifting others up? Let's talk a little bit about that. Like, where is that? Where was that rooted in? Like your upbringing. Well, you're so sweet. So I was raised by a single mom, and um, actually, I'm, I'm adopted. Um, so my sister and I are both adopted, but we're from um, two different families. Um, so she's short, blonde hair, blue eyes, and I'm tall, darker. But she's my best friend. So the good Lord knew that we needed to be together. So, um, so yeah, we just we just have always had a mindset of of giving back to the community and 
helping others out along the way. And, um, you know, I think something I started teaching when I was 16 and it was, I was just helping other orchestra members like with, with their music. But it's amazing how much joy you get by giving back. Like I remember at 16, there was this one student and she hadn't played for very long and she was struggling and we finally worked out a piece for her. And I was like, that was so much fun to see her succeed, you know? And that's when I kind of got the bug for like, it's way more fun to give than to get. And, um, and then just seeing students along the way, um, I used to have a 60 student music studio. Um, and I remember one of the moms came up to me and, and she was like, um, you'll never know how much it's been to have music because her son was introverted, not really good at sports and music helped him come alive and helped him find who he was. And that's, that's just so rewarding, you know, mm. at the end of the day, that's worth it all. So yeah. But anyway, yeah. I, I think it, it's working in a lot of ways for you. Like the community oh. here loves you monument, like the greater Colorado Springs area just loves what you guys are doing. They bought into what you do and oh. the promoters like me and other venues that, you know, all around Colorado Springs. In fact, you've won best of the Springs for Wirewood Station yeah. before and musician before. Talk a little bit about that and those accolades. Cause that's so special, right? And oh. it does a lot for the credibility and the validity of like what you guys represent as a band as well. Well, it, it, it was such an honor. I mean, we really feel so, so humbled by that because there's so many amazing bands out there. Like Colorado Springs really has an amazing pull for artists. Um, actually, somebody told me that a lot of artists come to Colorado Springs just because Denver's too expensive to live. So, um, yeah, artists don't typically make a lot of money. Right, <laughs> right. We have our passion. And, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so there's so many amazing people here. And, um, so it just really is special to be, um, have that award. And then that best musician, I, I, I know there are way more amazing musicians than I am out there, but I, it's really sweet that people recognize the hard work that goes into you know, mastering an instrument. So, um, so yeah, it's very, very, very special. So. I think you mastering the, the business side of it as well is huge for that. Well, I, I appreciate that, that it, it is a lot of work behind the scenes. Um, but, but you know, when, when you believe in something, I think you're willing to do the work mm-hmm. and then, you know, har- that hard work, it, it pays off in the long run. So I know we have a, we have a song we sing called dig before you're thirsty. And it's a phrase, um, uh, so my, my granddad had a ranch in Montana, so we would go up, you know, summers and help him on the ranch. And it was hard work for sure. But he, he didn't speak very often. But when he did, you'd want to listen. Kind of one of those mm-hmm. guys. And and I remember he would say, Michelle, you got to remember, you got to dig before you're thirsty. You can't when you're thirsty, dig the well. You got to dig the well before mm-hmm. you're thirsty. Right. And um, so anyway, I think that's always been in the back of my mind. Like, it's OK. You know, hard work is good yes. because in the end, that hard work is going to pay off if you're persistent. I think where some people maybe um, have a hard time is they start digging the well, but they don't get that deep. Mm-hmm. And it's that persistence and grit to dig down to the water to get the, you know, what, what you want. Yeah. Um, I know I saw some YouTube and I forget the name, but it's some doctor and she uh, interviewed all of these people across the world and like high performers and, you know, CEOs and everything. And the end result was that it wasn't based on IQ or education or your upbringing, but it was just grit, just perseverance. And um, just like you guys, you know, persevering, making this awesome podcast and making your company and it it pays off. So Mm -hmm. um, I think just keep that hard work going. 
Yeah, so. and I love. Uh, thank you for that. I appreciate that. And, yeah. And I have a passion for this podcast, and yeah. like when I put more work into it, the passion actually grows. Yes. It's interesting yeah. how that yeah. works because some, sometimes, like if you're doing the same thing, it can get repetitive and boring, and adding a challenge to it is is something that can sh- strike up the the spark again. I think. Right. And I've recently right. done that with the edits. Like the, the beginning of this episode is going to be really good. Oh, <laughs> I can't wait to see it. It's gonna be awesome. So much. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh no, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I I totally agree. Just you know, and I think we're all designed. It's just like, um, you know, this piece of wood didn't say to the violin maker make me a violin like you know the carpenter the piece of wood doesn't say make me into a table or make me into a bowl I think we all have a special design that we're born with and but finding that purpose that's when it's so sweet like your purpose of filming and podcasting like that's your passion and that's how who you were designed to be Mm -hmm. and that's my hope for everybody is that you know there's so many folks out there that I think are designed to do something differently than what they're doing and if they just stretch themselves a little bit they'll find what they're designed to do you know and um so just like this violin was supposed to be a violin right yeah (laughs) so and I know I was supposed to be into music um you know, I, I didn't go into it for money. I went into it for passion and the money followed, you know, so which is so cool. And I think that's how often it happens. So, yeah, it could be it can be scary too. a lot of people taking that leap to jump into doing what they what they're passionate about, because right. I wasn't always doing this. I was doing right. stunt stuff, stuff that's not fun, like putting on gutters on houses. Right. I mean, that's right. a necessary job, though. And my brother, he loved it. Like, well, yeah. actually, he was always mad. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Carlton. He's watching probably. <laughs> he comments. He watches every episode. Oh, nice. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he knows he was mad, though. Right. But he did. He did. I think he enjoyed. It was something that he did enjoy more than I did. Right. Like, right. So, so even but probably you learn from that. You oh learn, yeah, like yeah. I think even in those situations where you're like, I wasn't designed to do this, but you can take little things from mm-hmm. that. Like, oh well, now I know. For me, I was always wanting to do music, but I had to do some business things um, just yeah. to help pay the bills. So, but I was able to take those little parts of marketing and business to implement it into the band to. You know, so you can always learn in any situation I think you're in. And mm-hmm. I think having that mindset, okay, what can I learn from this? Even though it's hard and it's not what I want to do, what can I learn from it to to implement it into your passions? So, yeah, yeah. And I cool. was working on that business or working, doing the gutters while working on my business on the, on the side, like trying to get it started, figuring yeah. out how I could, how I could do this because I had the idea that I wanted to make filmmaking my career and then yeah. I was like I've always been entrepreneurial at heart and I was like how do I make this into a business like instead of just going and finding a job because I thought I thought I would have to have like experience or college or something for that for mm-hmm. someone to hire me right. but I was like well I can just start a business and get people to hire me myself you know yeah, like, yeah. it's a little different because I've, I've realized after starting a business the finding someone to, to, to hire me with like low experience at the beginning mm-hmm would be just like, you know, finding a client, you know, like it's right. the work you got to put in no matter right. what. And like, so yeah. I've, I've learned things from even doing the business side of, right. of, of right. this. And I do have to, to do things I don't typically always love doing, right. uh, which, you know, a lot of that is like the accounting and bookkeeping stuff. Like it drains yeah. me. It doesn't yeah. p- give me energy, but then right. there's certain edits like doing this podcast, like this podcast, it doesn't like 
generate us profit, but it generates us an, like enough money to help pay for the space. Right. And but it's more of a labor of love, but also it leads to uh, leads to business in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, it provides us with clips and puts us in front of people's faces and and all that stuff because we make clips out of each episode. There's gonna be some awesome clips with you. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, no. And I, I know you said said like you know being humble is important, but you know it's that fine line. It's hard to to because tra- you, you have to be proud of what you're doing. Right. And like, right. how do you be proud and like appreciate what you're doing while also being humble? It's yeah. like there's that's a balance because I like we make some awesome stuff and we yeah. do some awesome things. I think. Right. <laughs> well, and I think I think it's how you approach it. That mindset behind it, like. I'm proud of this. This is really cool rather than like, I'm so great. You know, like that, there's, yeah. there's a difference in that, in mm-hmm. that way you process that. And like, you know, you, I think you can be very proud of your accomplishments. And I think also when there's hard work behind it, people notice that and they don't think it as, as being cocky, but they think of it as like, wow, he's worked hard to get to where he's at mm-hmm. and we're proud of you. Right. Thank you. <laughs> um, and so I think it's just how you approach it. But I think people see, see too, you know, your heart behind it. Too, yeah. <laughs> so, which is really cool. So, and it, yeah. it goes back to the thing you're talking about, the Springs being relation, relational driven. Yeah. Um, you know, cause this, this podcast gives to the community and it's, I actually think it would be cool to start start paying guests to come on, which would oh, be insane, oh. <laughs> because we don't have a budget for that. Oh, well, but I don't I, think we have to right now. But I think yeah. it would be cool. <laughs> well, and I think people so appreciate you giving to the community, and and it's it just like I always think what goes around comes around. If, if you're a giver, you're gonna you're gonna people will see that and they'll recognize that, and and your professionalism and your you know hard work behind it that they'll be like, oh, we want him to do this event or whatever. That's, that's exactly. Yeah how it works too it's like when when we have guests on the show like i've had the the country band that i'm working that i'm working with that they just started this band he used to do a metal band but he owns a fencing company actually dropped his episode clip right here i'm watching you (laughs) all you guys that are doing this i'm keeping track of you yeah for sure yeah no i keep track of all that stuff that's good yeah have have that record yeah yeah, because because i get people who do the same thing they try to contact me and it's like oh yeah look who it is no thanks you know and that's because uh, <laughs> he's been on the show before and nice. when he needed video services because he he for his business for his fencing company he holds up his phone and excuse me <clears throat> he holds up his phone and like he advertised for his for himself he, he doesn't hire videographers or marketing companies he he does a decent job at doing that for himself sure. um but when he wanted something for his band he wanted something to that was just a little little bit like more professional and right. something that that was beyond what he could do. So the first person he thought of was me, you right, know, right, which is great. <laughs> and, and yeah, yeah. So that's kind of how it works, you know, and like mm-hmm. not just that people will come on the podcast and then if they don't need the services, if they find someone that does, you know, right, if someone right. in their circle like may need something, then they'll like, I don't, I don't expect that though, but right. it happens though. Right. You know? right like yeah. I, I just love doing the podcast and we like having good guests and it also is a good way for me to, 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 I guess do my reps like keep keep exercising you know and right. and yeah. and keep the skill like sharp and and, and we, we're evolving the show like constantly making it better yeah. and better you know adding a wide angle lens is just something that happened a few months ago oh. um I'm doing a month ago we started like taking the editing super serious like mm. where we're not just throwing up a conversation and mm. honestly we already kind of did already like take it pretty serious like yeah. but it was about taking it to the next level and 
I'm excited about that. Like I put a lot of work in this uh, episode oh. that's coming out soon, but it's already going to be out if you're watching this. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't need, need to ramble on about all that no, stuff. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. no. Well, and I think what's kind of cool nowadays too is that traditional, you know, high school, college, work work for you know that's just not the traditional way anymore yeah and and that's kind of cool for us creatives you know that um that there's a lot of different opportunities out there it's kind of what you put into it which what you get out of it so so that's what you do which is awesome yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so. i've had a passion for it and yeah. and I've made it happen just like you've you've done how long have you been uh like take doing music as a career you started like right out of high school yeah so i think my first paid gig i was 15 which i don't know if that counts but um <laughs> but in in college i started playing with symphonies um greeley philharmonic and cheyenne symphony oh, so yeah, yeah. yeah in college so and then from there just kept going so yeah and it's been like one of your main careers yeah okay mm-hmm. yeah so i've always um there's been periods where I've always had like sales jobs or something like mm-hmm. that, but it's always been been the main focus. So yeah, so nice. yeah, that's Let's really cool. Throw it to you over real quick. I've yeah, been too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's no problem. This is a good connection for sure. I think it's so special. You're talking about humble, being humble, and also having a little bit of confidence in yourself. Which one thing I always think it's really good about you and the community is the fact that, I mean, you could do everything from performing Red Rocks or whatever it might be, or like. Um, boot barn hall or all these bigger venues in Colorado Springs all the way to like Limbach Park and and you do them all in the same week which is incredible oh. how are those experiences I mean they're obviously different venues they're obviously serving different types of crowds but it just sounds like you know the humbleness and authenticity sticks through because you're you know you're not too big for your britches where you only play these bigger venues oh. you're playing these community driven things and I think that's so that's so special oh. so like unpack that for us like why do you guys do all these different types of venues bars and all these things yeah. as well well, you know, I think, um, one, I think the guys in the band really make a difference, too. We we really enjoy each other's company. They're my brothers, really, mm-hmm. you know, from another mother. Um, <laughs> but um, so we, we have fun in and of our little unit. And we, we enjoy spending time with each other and making music. So that's helpful. Um, I love to, with different venues, um, I like Back East Bar and Grill or mm-hmm. Abby's Pub or uh, Atmosphere Gastro Pub. Um, I really want them to succeed. And if we can be a little part of that to help get people there, or, you know, it's it's a good feeling, you know, to help others out. And, and in turn, they, they help us out. So um, anyway, we love playing music and we love our community. And um, we're just thankful for the opportunity. I, I know after COVID, I think before COVID, we might have been like, oh, take it or leave with this venue. But I think after COVID, it just really taught us to appreciate every opportunity we get to play. Um, so, you know, because you know, never know when that's going to be taken away from you. So um, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. We, we wrote a little song called Life's Too Short to Live It Small. And I think that's kind of our motto. We, we just want to live life big and go out with a blaze. <laughs> so, yeah. It's yeah. like YOLO, another form of YOLO. so yeah so fun so yeah but yeah this this has been such a good interview this is i love it um tell us a little bit more like where can folks find you this month or i guess the next few months because we don't know you know this might be out the next week or so so maybe like the tail end of august um, into september and where they can find your book as well yeah 
So um, um, how to break into the local music scene and make money. That's on Amazon and it's also on Audible. So you can listen to it in the car. Um, it is under ML Edwards um, just because I was trying to be. J.K. Rowling's. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so that's on Amazon. Um, and then for gigs that are coming up, um, you can follow us on wirewoodstation.com. Um, we have a list of shows there, and we have merchandise there as well. So you can order it special for you. Um, and then um, all of our socials. So we're on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, is it called Twitter now? X, X, X or whatever. Yeah. X, I, I think yeah. people could still yeah. Twitter. <laughs> so, thing. <laughs> yeah. So we try to post regularly where we're going to be, but you can always go to our website and it has a list of, of upcoming shows. And your music's so. on Spotify and everything too? Well, we are coming out with a new album. Oh, okay. Yes. We're so excited. I think it'll be out maybe mid-September. Okay. And uh, we did this at uh, Production Point. Nice. Are you familiar yeah. with that? With Evan, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Dan Buckley was our producer and engineer. Um, nice. He's He's awesome. Um, so anyway, we're, we're working on those. So those are 16 original songs, That's awesome. which is pretty cool. So, and you guys know how to get it all on Spotify and everything too, right? Yes, okay. we do. Yeah. If not, I was going to give you a tip, but you already know. So oh, I don't need but to maybe I do need a tip. Oh. What, what is your tip? Distro kid is, is an amazing oh, thing. Okay. It, it's like 25 bucks a year and oh. you can put like unlimited songs, uh, on, it'll put it on Apple music, Spotify, like every, every streaming platform that you nice. need to. And it's just an easy way to do it and you can even split revenues between uh between the band members where it like directs right to them oh, and nice. there's just it's really it's really a great tool for artists and if you're navigating the art if you're navigating music in 2023 it's like this the spot to be to release your music on streaming platforms i, nice. I believe you know yes. it kind of cuts out having to have uh a record label right. and uh right. you know I think, you know, record labels have a bad rap and it's for a good reason because they stole from artists a lot. Right. And you guys, you can be the people behind it making and, and get, get the money that you deserve and not get most of it taken away by a record label by using things like DistroKid or CD Baby. Yeah. Um, yeah. But DistroKid's the best one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even the, the, previ- the, the, the previous founder or the previous CEO and the founder of, of CD Baby, which was a service that helped do things like that, he even has a testimony on DistroKid because, oh, like, wow. so saying oh, that wow. it's better. Oh, wow, that says a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is one of their competitions, but he's he's not, like, he, he actually, he literally listened to Sublime and he gave all his money to charity, you know, oh, you know wow. charity. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so, like, awesome. he's just a person that believes in the people, and, yeah. like, it's just it's cool talking about uh not talking about but like seeing that in 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 founders and business owners and stuff like that and so i like to to give credit and i I like it's a business podcast so i like to go and like those little side the side trains you know right right for sure yeah Yeah. no that's great yep so yeah so we'll be we'll be out there nice when's that do you know when the album's dropping um, I think mid September. Okay. So it's it's taken a little longer. We um we went in the spring and then we all got that cred that was going around, so we had to kind of take a break. So um, but yeah. You guys got. So. I assume you guys got promo for that too, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Good stuff. But we might be looking you up for some more. So, yeah. yeah. I was just imagining like a smoky like trailer or not, not trailer train, train. You know, like yes. you know, like some things going on to get creative with I it. Like you know. It. I like it. Well, visit afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's awesome. Yeah. So, yep, we're just moving ahead. So it's great. And then, where can we find the book as well? 
Um, and that's on Amazon. Okay. Nice. So yeah, yeah. So Amazon and Audible. Um, so yeah. You got a boy. Uh, you got a. It's a audiobook as well. Yeah, audiobook. That's how I. Le- that, I'm a listener, yeah. not a reader. So I too. That's, I'm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. The, um, I hired this guy. He has a great audio voice. Yeah. So <laughs> to so read it. Yeah. Much better than mine. So <laughs> I think it's huge to to have a, a audiobook out like yeah. out that that goes with the book because you yeah. can actually grow your book and blow it up and be a, be an Amazon. And is it an Amazon bestseller yet? Um, it was an Amazon bestseller in the spring. Nice. So, That's yeah. and you always got when you promote that book, you promote it as an Amazon bestseller. Yeah, like, yeah. Even if it was just for one little category, like yeah. that's that's little little badge that you got right, there. So. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so. just it's just a little marketing, you know, like to, to help push it. You right. know? So we got an Amazon bestseller on the show right Let's now. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. No, it's, it, was, it was a process. It was my first time writing a book. So, I, yeah. you know, where you're kind of learning as you go. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But now I'm kind of like, oh, I can do this again. So, yeah. So working on another one. I'm going to so. listen to it and I'm going to leave a review. And, oh, I appreciate yeah. that. That would be great. Those reviews are huge. Yeah. So. Yes. Yeah. As you all know. Yeah. That's, that's one way we can show love to one another. Mm-hmm. Speaking of business side of things is yeah. <laughs> those reviews you know they're just like public recommendations and I know I I google you know so even for our band we have a we have a review page for that yeah. so um, that's yeah, one of the, the things in the algorithm that help push it up and get it recommended to more people right and right. more people can see it and they can find it yeah. and it can be recommended to them and and next thing you know, you're making ten thousand dollars a month just off your book. Right, and right. That could, that's a possibility. You know, I know. <laughs> I know it's been nice. We've I've gotten a little, little residuals. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's people, awesome. It's fun because when I wrote it, I really wrote it because people had contacted me from other bands saying, "How do you do what you're doing? You're gigging so much. What? How? How's that?" And I thought, you know, there's probably more people that from my school of hard knocks that I can help, you know, mm. um, in the, in the music world. It's so. always a great, uh, foundation for starting a book is when there's people like, like your friends and family are asking for advice and you can give it to them. I've known yeah. like, uh, I can think of a couple people off tops that that's what started their book. And then their books are doing really well right now because yeah. it comes from the heart. There's actually mm. some real substance there and because you're speaking to the people that you know right and yeah right. so i think and that makes yeah. me even more excited to listen to it Yay, well, good well yeah. i'd love that that'd be great yeah sweet yeah so fun so how to break into the local music scene and make money so nice i think i think too sometimes people you know when 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 i started wirewood station i i really wanted to you know be community oriented and it was really more we didn't want to go on tour at the time because we had little ones and I wanted to be home for them. And so, um, you know, so many, I think so many musicians kind of think, oh, the ultimate goal is to tour and to play the big stadiums. And, um, you know, I toured with Wayne Newton and it's really not all that it's cracked up to be. It's like fun for the first two weeks. Oh, new place. And after a while, you're like, oh, another hotel, another show. Like it's not. Yeah. And so what I love about the local music scene is that you build that community and you have that relationship with people that you know that can see you every Friday night if they want and um, so I, I it's very fulfilling but mm-hmm. I think sometimes musicians think oh I, there's no money in just doing local music scenes but, not at all but yeah. there there really is yeah. especially if you tap into the corporate events the weddings mm-hmm. the festivals the concerts in the park I mean there's so many we, we play along the front range which is I consider local you know um, but it's it's amazing all the places that are really looking for quality music and they'll pay yeah. you for it so um, yeah so it's been and it's also fun to 
as a business owner to support, to know like the guys in my band that they're helping their families, you know, mm-hmm. with the income that we're, we're generating. So, so it's kind of just a win-win for everybody. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to, to be famous to make a living. I mean, right. to, to, to be successful at music. Like right. if, if you're a musician that's like struggling right now and you have that big dream, I think it's important. Like when I was doing music, my biggest goal was, how do I make $50,000 a year off of this? Right, you know, like right. that, e- even though I may not be some big artist, that mm-hmm. would be success for me, right, you know, right. or, or something like that. Like that's just a, ra- a random number. Right. You right. know, that no, was, for sure. That was like 10 years ago. So inflation put that up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. But yeah. But so it's like, if you can make a living, then that's success to me. And like people right. overlook that step. You're right. Like right. people forget, like they just think it's from going from nothing to stadiums you know mm, it's, right. it's not there's so much more in between and there's so many ways like, there are. like you could be really successful as a musician without being some famous person you right know? <laughs> right you really can and i think too sometimes you know i know i love going to mom and pop restaurants i'd much rather go to a mom and pop restaurant than like a chain mm-hmm. and and i think that's we we have to have that mindset with local bands and live music like i'd much rather see a local somebody who's creatively starting, you know, have their genre than to sometimes almost hear somebody on the radio because I can hear it on the radio all day long. But to see somebody that's local, that has that flair of this is represents Colorado or whatever, mm-hmm. it's cool. It's like a mom and pop restaurant. It's like a the similar kind of feel, I think, with a local musician. So, yeah, yeah. which is really cool. So. Awesome. For one final question for you before yes. we wrap this up, what would – Michelle now tell younger Michelle when she was just first getting in to the music industry, what, what maybe one little gold nugget that you would tell her a younger Michelle? Oh, that's a good question. There's probably so many. Um, I think, um, hmm, I have to think on this a little bit, but, um, well, I, I, I think in my mind, this, this might go against tradition, but in my mind, I thought I had to get a degree in order to do music. And I think that's really changed now. Um, I, I see a lot of folks getting degrees that they really don't need a degree for. <laughs> you know, Especially with YouTube out now. Right, yeah. right. Um, and, and I think probably just off the top of my head, with my mortgage work during the day, I see so many people in student debt that they can't achieve their life goals because of student debt. And so I might recommend um, really evaluating if you need that degree for what your goals are um, because sometimes it's not worth it to be in a job in order to pay off schooling that you don't want, the mm-hmm. job that you don't want. You know, like I think there's a lot of people in um, cubicle jobs that are just there because they have to pay off their student loans mm-hmm. and it's not really what they want to do, but this kind of the schooling mentality of you have to do it this way um, put them in that position. So that's what I told my kids. I said, you know, if you need time to figure out who you are and what your passions are, take that time, but don't go in debt to, to figure it out while you're racking up debt mm-hmm. because it just yeah. doesn't make sense for your lifelong goals. So I, that's not really music related, but I, I think that's something that I would tell my younger self. Uh, thankfully, I had a scholarship, so I didn't have debt, but my hubby, he had a lot of oh. student debt and that we had to pay off. and. And it was for a job that maybe he wasn't really designed to do, but he mm. stuck with it because he was like, I got to pay off, you know. So anyway, I would just say to that younger generation, um, 
really evaluate that. You know, mm-hmm. if you want to be a doctor, yes, go to college. For if sure. you want to be an engineer, yes, go to. Mm-hmm. But but for some of us that you know, I know when I went to Nashville, nobody cared if I had a violin performance degree. They were just like, here, play this song, and if they liked it, you got the gig, right? <laughs> That's how it is with art, you know, right, with right. all art. I, yeah. I feel the same way, and I'm glad that I saw that coming out of high school because yeah. I. I know so many people who have got, gotten like racked, racked up up to like a hundred thousand dollars in debt to go to film school, you know, mm-hmm. like, and there's just so many other ways. And I think that's important. Like, like what's cool about film school is like you get to you get to play with all the really big expensive gear. Like, right, right. Like there's some cool things. There, in there's that. a yeah. time and place for everything, <laughs> yeah. but I think there's ways to go about it mm-hmm. where um, you you your quality your your goals in life don't have to be put on hold for ten years while you're paying off debt. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I think that's for like the arts fields. Yes. Specifically. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure someone could probably leave a comment disagreeing with us, but that's yeah, fine. That's a, <laughs> well, that's a beauty too. Yeah. I think, you know, we, we all have, just like we love different music and we love different art. I think that's where we need to get to the place where it's okay to agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. And that that's okay. We all yes. have our own background. We all have our own stories. We're who we are because of those things. And, and if I, you know, say something that you don't agree with, that's okay. You don't have to agree with me, but maybe my story is different than your story. So mm-hmm. for yeah. sure. So anyway, oh my gosh. Well, deep this... thoughts with Michelle. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now that we're going into the segment called deep thoughts with Michelle, yeah. <laughs> MK Edward or ML Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, this has been such a great episode. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank uh, you. We'll put in all the information pertinent to getting in touch with you. Wirewood, awesome. your new book. We're so excited for you and your journey. Thank you so much you do for our community. It really means a lot. We can find you anywhere. Everybody sees you everywhere. We mention your name or Wirewood. People know where to find you all over, but we'll make sure to include that as well. And thank you guys, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Sweet. That was good. That was really good. That was a good story. Uh